business psychology online. I'm angry and burnt out because I'm overwhelmed, overworked and bloody underappreciated at work. I've been in this grind, grind, grind for so long. I've got nothing left to give. Maybe I should just quit and work in a shop. What should I do? Welcome to the Business Psychology Hotline. and Welcome to the Business Psychology Hotline. Give me your business psychology questions and I'll solve them for you using melody and rhyme. Welcome to the Business Psychology Hotline. No, that's not it. Welcome to the Business Psychology Hotline. Welcome to the Business... Welcome to the Business Psychology Hotline. Oh my God, just sound normal. I have recorded that intro so many times because every time I do it, I think I sound like a crazy person who is like overexcited and that's not how I talk in real life. So I'm just going to have another crack at it now. Welcome to the Business Psychology Hotline. I am Talia Rabinovitz, clinical psychologist, and this is our first episode. The Business Psychology Hotline is where you can come and ask questions to help you overcome stress and overwhelm at work. Let's do the thing where we say if you're in the right place. You're in the right place if you've ever dreamt about leaving the pressure of your current job or business because you are so sick of the constant grinding and pushing and over-delivering. You're still functioning at that really high level and from the outside it looks like you're successful and you've got it all together, but... You're just so over it sometimes, you want to take a break, binge watch Netflix and eat potato chips in bed instead of trying to keep everybody around you happy with you at work. In other words, all my people pleasers say hey, hey. all my overachievers say hey. hey, all my I'm scared to say no at work because people might get angry with me or I might let them down or I might die of the fear or the guilt say hey. hey. All my pushers and grinders and women who are constantly working 14 hours a day or till 10 p.m. at night because you think that's the only way to grow a career say hey. hey. You might want to make sure there are no little children around you moving forward in this episode because I'm about to swear a little. Cool. So just quietly before we jump into this question, I just wanted to share that I am shitting myself a little bit about this podcast because this podcast is the promise I made to my soul that I would allow myself to be vulnerable and weird and strange and me and show up as myself by blending music and silliness and playfulness with the science of psychology and neuroscience, which I really believe is the most solid pathway out of work stress and overwhelm. But I promised myself I would show up as the silliest, weirdest version of me. A, because I know that I can't create content from anywhere else anymore because it is so fucking boring. I think it's boring for you and it's really boring for me to just show up as a serious professional. I'm here to be myself and I hope that A, that isn't as terrifying as I'm scared it's going to be and B, that when you see me do it, you will feel like you can do it too. Like you can show up as the youiest you in your work and in your life. So having said that, without further ado, let's jump into today's question. What are we talking about today? I'll tell you what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today? We're talking about what you can do when work is stressing you out so much that you just want to stay in bed, eat potato chips, watch 13 hours of Netflix and let it all burn to the ground. And you'd be maybe like... My career is on fire. And you'd also be like, I don't care because that means that I don't have to go in tomorrow and I am so sick of this business or of this career or whatever it is because the stress of it 
is just so frustrating and it is just driving you to burnout. But we're not talking about clinical burnout, which is where we'd see, you know, those symptoms of anxiety or depression or just struggling to function in your daily life. If you're experiencing that, then please reach out to your GP and make sure you are supported. We're talking about the thing that smart, high-functioning women or anybody who identifies as female does, that grinding to constantly achieve, to push yourself, to over-deliver, to keep everybody happy. You're you're working those 14-hour days. You find it really hard to say no. And as a result, there is no space for you and everything else that you care about outside your work, like starting that yoga practice that you know would make your health so much better. Or picking up your camera or having a sing or going for a bike ride or seeing your friends or starting that business that you really want to start because you've got no time. You've got no energy for that stuff because there's just this constant pressure to do, 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 go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And if somebody tells you that you just need to meditate, you will throw a succulent at their head, the spiky kind. And if you just heard me say that and you were like, how does she know how I feel? Is she reading my diary? Which sounds like a Britney song from the 90s. And you want to find out more about how I work and how I can help you or just the approach that I take, the psychology behind it, then you can head to my website, talia.co, T-A-L-Y-A.co, not T-A-Y-L-A. I know it's confusing. It's not Taylor. It's Talia. And this is something I say three times a week. Welcome to the bane of my existence. Today, you're going to find out the two biggest mistakes that smart, hardworking, people-pleasing women make that keep you stuck in that cycle of stress and overwhelm at work, the underlying psychological cycle that you could be stuck in that's causing you to feel so stressed at work. And by the way, you're going to hear how this cycle works and be like immediately feel like things make more sense, which is going to give you back some of that control you've probably been looking for. Plus, we're going to talk about the two key psychological strategies that we want to develop to help you chill out and enjoy your work because that is possible and feel confident about your expertise and not want to burn your career to the ground because it is stressing you out so much. And I promise you what I'm going to share is not meditation or an affirmation or a manifestation or going gluten-free. It is science and psychological strategies that work. How do I know? Because of research and also because of my clinical experience working with clients like you and also because I am you and I have done it. I'm just a little further down the road and I know what works. Having said that, this is general information and please don't use it to substitute individual psychological care if that is something that you're needing. This podcast nor any of my coaching work is a health service. So if you're needing individual psychological care for something like depression or anxiety or childhood trauma, please reach out to your GP. Please make sure you are supported. Okay, let's jump into it. We want to talk about, first of all, this toxic psychological cycle that smart, people-pleasing, hardworking women find themselves in. And if you stay in this cycle for long enough, it can cause so much stress and overwhelm that you get to the point of holding that match over your career saying, burn it down. And I was thinking, rather than me explaining it to you like a lecture, what if I did it like this? Quick note to listen to the lyrics. We are teaching through song. Think of this song as Burn Out the Musical. Someone says, hey, could you do this thing for me? And you say, yes, of course, sure, with a smile. That's fine. But 
deep down what you really mean is um no because I've got no fucking time so you add that plate to the air you got a thousand spinning what's another one then you resign yourself to grind yourself till 10 p.m you don't go to the gym or the beach for a swim you just push yourself to fix everything because you're the one who gets everything done and you repeat this over and over in music we call this decoder and in psychology we call it a toxic cycle is this really how you want to live your life yo i will bypass the vulnerability hangover i know i will have when i listen back to this and get straight into the meat and potatoes of what i am actually singing about if you weren't listening to the lyrics let me explain this cycle to you just real quick so you understand it even more The first thing that happens in the cycle is that somebody asks you to do something, whether it's like, hey, can we have this meeting? Hey, can we start this project? Hey, can you please take on this work? Please, I need it delivered tomorrow. Hey, can you stay back late? That's the first thing. Someone asks you to do something. The next thing is you say yes, even though inside you're like, no. You might not know that you're saying no at this point, but if you really listen, there's a little voice inside, which we call the authentic self, that says no no, 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 I don't want to, but you say yes. And that thing that they've asked you to do becomes just another plate in the air that you now have to spin. And because you've got a few plates spinning already and you don't have a lot of time because you've been saying yes to things so much, you then flick into a grinding action or a fight, flight and freeze mode, which we're going to talk more about. And in that fight, flight and freeze mode, you're just pushing yourself to get it done, whether that means staying up till 10 p.m. or working on the weekends or not doing social stuff or not going to the gym or not taking time out for your other passions and just not looking after yourself because you've got so much to get done. And you do that and then somebody asks you the next day or that afternoon, oh, hey, can you do this thing for me? And you say yes. And another plate is in the air and you grind to get it done. And this is the yes, no loop. I call it the yes, no loop because you say yes, but you mean no, even if you don't know that you really want to say no. And this is how it works. Now, isn't it nice to hear it out loud and broken down like that? For me, it's like when we can see the cycle, it doesn't feel so complex. It's just like, okay, this is what's happening. Ask yourself this question. How much time during the week are you spending in the yes, no loop? Because if you're spending a significant amount of time there, chances are you're finding your work pretty stressful and overwhelming and frustrating and you're not enjoying it because you're caught in this yesing and stressing and the grinding and pushing. And this leads us on to the next thing that we need to talk about, the two mistakes that smart, hardworking, people-pleasing, high-achieving women make that keep you in this cycle of stress and overwhelm and frustration and heading towards burnout if you're not already there. This, this, these are the mistakes. The first mistake is you say yes. You say yes even though you want to say no. You push yourself into the yes. Now, you're smart, right? You're a smart woman. Why do you do this? Well, in my experience, there are two reasons. The first one is it doesn't even occur to you to say no. You don't even take a moment to consider that as an option because you're the person who gets things done with a smile. You're the reliable, hard worker who does whatever it takes. You know, people know you as that. And you don't even consider saying 
no. And the other reason why we tend not to say no is that you're scared that if you do, people will get angry with you or they'll attack you or they'll push back or you'll be left with this soul crippling guilt for letting them down. And you just, you can't face that. So you say, yes, yes, yes. And that just joins the other 59 spinning plates that you've already got in the air. And you eat a block of Cadbury Dairy Milk chocolate to get it all done. And you're in that cycle. The second mistake that we make, and you can probably hear it in the loop, is we start to grind. We say yes to so many things and it feels like there's no other option but to grind to get it all done. Grind is the sort of colloquial term for it, but the way that we would think about this in psychology is we go into a fight, flight or freeze mode. And if we're talking about fight, flight and freeze, we're actually talking about the nervous system, specifically the autonomic nervous system. And learning how to regulate your autonomic nervous system is one of the essential keys to overcoming stress and overwhelm at work. I don't know why talking about the nervous system makes me think of like a cheesy R&B song from the 90s. I think it's because I have a bit of a love affair with the autonomic nervous system. I feel like when you understand this, and people say this all the time when they learn about things like polyvagal theory, which is about the autonomic nervous system, it's like you start a new chapter in your life. It's this, well, for me it was, and and I know a lot of people say this, it's like, holy shit, I had no idea this was going on. And now that I'm aware of it, I'm in a way better position to do something about the work stress that I am feeling. And I really think that that's where you will arrive at because that's what everybody arrives at when I teach this. Also, I just want to say that in, I reckon, five years' time, the mindset coaches out there are going to be talking about the nervous system, maybe sooner than that. And I like to think that I have my finger on the pulse because when I heard Billie Eilish Six years ago, I knew she was going to be huge. And the same thing happened for me with Lord. So you heard it here first. This is 2021. We are talking about the nervous system is going to make its way into the zeitgeist. So what are fight, flight and freeze modes? This is the question that we need to ask first. These are old, primitive modes that our autonomic nervous system can go into. And Fight, flight and freeze mode looks different for different people in different circumstances. But generally what I notice is that at work, fight mode can look like getting irritable, angry, blamey, rigid, controlling, snappy. Who does that? I mean, I do it. I get it. That's the fight mode. Flight mode can look like avoidant, shutting down conversations that you don't want to have about increasing your fees or charging more or for a program or increasing your salary or just not responding to emails or it can it can also feel like a frenetic energy where there are a thousand tabs open in your mind and you're just jumping from one thing to another and freeze mode sort of has two different vibes the first vibe is like a shutdown we call it eeyore mode it's sort of like I can't be bothered. It's pathetic. I'm pathetic. What's the point? It's not going to work. I'm just going to fail. I'm so useless. It's so useless. That's that shutdown energy. And the second energy is a freeze energy or, or like a real like terror, panic, deer in the headlights, can't think, lose focus, sort of staring off into the distance, unable to sort of make yourself move. And we now want to ask, well, why the hell do we go into these modes? They are adaptive and and they do serve a very important purpose. And really what this is about is your autonomic nervous system, which is constantly scanning 
your environment around you and actually inside you, inside your body and in between you and other people. So it's scanning like three environments constantly to do something very important, which is to make sure that you're safe. And because, you know, we need a system inside ourselves to keep us alive. Survival is, you know, the most basic need we have. And this is what your autonomic nervous system helps with. If it thinks you're not safe, and let's call it the ANS from here on out, it will drop you into a fight or flight mode, which we've already talked about. It's got like a, we call it like a sympathetic energy. It's got like a zzz vibe to it. And if it thinks that your life is actually threatened, it will drop you into a freeze mode, which is, we've just talked about, that sort of those two modes, shut down all that like terror during the headlights mode. Now, this is okay in some situations, like when you're being chased by a snake, which happened to me earlier this year when I went to Kakadu. I had a true experience of what flight mode is like because we saw the snake, we saw it charging towards us and we ran. And I was like, wow, this is flight mode. Like I didn't even think. My autonomic nervous system was scanning the environment, saw the snake and was like, get the F out of there before I even had a chance to realise. So it's not that these modes are bad. They're actually adaptive. We need them to survive. And where we get into trouble is when we stay in these modes for too long because then we are operating from these very old primitive parts of the nervous system and that is not where we do our best problem solving. In fact, there's another part of the nervous system that we now need to quickly tell you about which is a much newer, shinier, more evolved part of the nervous system that we call social engagement mode or actually the playful name for it that we use is unicorn brain. And we say the unicorn brain because a unicorn company, which is valued at a billion dollars, you can't really grow a unicorn company if you're not operating from your unicorn brain. But unicorn also has like a nice, shiny, beautiful, mystical quality to it. And the unicorn brain is really about your ability to problem solve, be emotionally intelligent, be creative, flow, be quiet, connected to that inner knowing inside. It's like when you've ever had a good day in your business, then you kind of probably were, you know, or in your career, you were probably in that unicorn brain. But like I said, if your autonomic nervous system scans the environment and sees uh -uh, this isn't safe, it'll drop you out of your unicorn brain and into these fight, flight or freeze modes. Now, I want you to do something for me. Now that you've learnt this, let's start to really bring it into your life. Think about a time, and maybe it's happening right now, where you felt super stressed and overwhelmed or in like this oh, I don't know what to do, I'm, I don't, I don't want to like move forward or I'm angry and irritable or, oh, I shouldn't have sent that email. Or, oh, God, I just, I need to avoid moving forward because it's too much, right? Chances are you're operating from this fight, flight or freeze mode or a combo of all three. We sort of tend to bounce around and have our own unique patterns of how we do fight, flight or freeze. I know for me, when I look back at one of my biggest career regrets and it was in, involved staying in a role that was, you know, really, really not a good place for me to be, I think, wow, I was really in a flight mode and, and also just frozen. I was just, I could not move forward. I was so overwhelmed and scared. I didn't know what to do. And I just wish I knew this stuff now because had I known this stuff back then, I would have been able to go, 
okay, the priority right now is getting out of fight, flight or freeze mode, not continuing to operate from those places. Again, why do we not want to operate from fight, flight or freeze mode? Well, think of freeze mode as a typewriter and think of fight and flight as like one of those computers from the 80s that were like really clunky and big and took three hours to update. And think of your unicorn brain as the MacBook Pro that you buy from the Apple store today. That is how primitive fight, flight and freeze mode are compared to this unicorn brain. This is the part of your nervous system we want you to be flourishing in because this is where all of that juicy problem solving and creativity and emotional intelligence lives. Now let's pretend we're in a jazz club at 3am and it's smoky and we are going to bring all of this stuff that you've learnt together in a nice easy example. You've got your gin and tonic, I've got the microphone, I'm wearing a fedora even though I fucking hate fedoras, but it's the vibe. And let's settle in. Your boss comes up to you at 6pm on a Thursday night and says, Oh, can you stay back late today? I really need someone to finish off this piece of work for our client meeting tomorrow. And here comes the first mistake. You say, sure, because it doesn't even occur to you that you're allowed to say no. And even if it does, you're too scared to. So here you are at 6pm, tired and overworked from the week and now grinding to get this work done. Here comes mistake number two. You don't pause to regulate your ANS, but instead push yourself to get through the work, which you're now doing in fight, flight and freeze mode, as you've just learned. And because you're not in your unicorn brain and instead you're grinding in fight, flight or freeze mode, you're finding it harder to see solutions and problem solve and be creative and enjoy the process and feel confident about your experience. Right? You keep pushing and pushing, which just drives you more and more into fight, flight and freeze mode. And now it's 10 p.m. on Thursday night and you're eating some greasy Chinese from the box and thinking this is some kind of bullshit. I promised myself I'd go to the gym. I hate this job. And will the clients even be happy with what I've done? Repeat this for a few months and you'll be looking for those matches to burn this motherfucker down. So yeah, that's how it works. And obviously... You're going to be wanting to know, well, fine, I understand it. Yes, that's it. Thank you for seeing me, hopefully. What do I do to get out of it? Well, let's talk about that. Let's jump to that right now. The first thing is you've got to learn how to set boundaries and say no at work. I know you are scared. I know you don't think you're allowed to. And I know you think that if you do, you'll feel so overcome with guilt and fear of letting someone down that you'll just eat takeout every night and berate yourself for not being perfect and doing it all. But I want to share with you, there are actually two steps to setting really kind, warm, beautiful boundaries at work that do not leave you with the inner turmoil or the fear or the guilt or the worry that you've harmed your reputation or your career or your relationships. The first step is this. We want you to challenge any old stories that you've got about saying no at work. What are you actually so scared about happening? What are you so worried will happen when it comes to saying no to work? We want to unearth those beliefs. They're often unconscious and we want to make them conscious so that we can actually look at them with clear eyes. And this is where if you've ever heard of cognitive behavioural therapy, this is where CBT really comes in to help us because it helps us challenge and overcome these 
inaccurate, unhelpful beliefs. So that's the first thing that we need to do. If we don't do this step, then I could give you all the strategies to set boundaries, but if you are still unconsciously tangled in a story about how dangerous or bad it is to say no, you're not going to do anything. The next thing that we need to set beautiful, warm, firm boundaries at work is have an easy script ready to go. So much of the time we get caught off guard when it comes to setting boundaries. Someone just says, can you do this? Can you do that? Can I do this? Can I do that? And we just knee jerk say yes to the thing that they're asking for. And what we want to do instead is no, get a sense of, well, what boundaries are actually currently being crossed for you at work and what boundaries are likely to be crossed given the sort of situation that you're in and then come up with easy scripts. That is, we want you to have the gentle, kind, warm, clear language that you can use in those moments so you don't feel so caught off guard. And it's it's super reassuring. When you've got this, it's so reassuring because rather than being blindsided, you know, okay, well, I know what I need to say I know that it's okay for me to say it and now I'm going to go ahead and say the thing and the best thing about that is that it gets you out of that yesing and stressing and spinning a thousand plates and it also gives you this space and energy and time for yourself back so you can start doing the stuff that you really really truly want to do deep down because remember you've got to start saying no to the stuff that is burning you out so you have the space and the energy to say yes to the stuff that actually lights you up. The second thing that we want to do is regulate your ANS. Now when I say regulate what I simply mean is help you learn how to come out of fight flight and freeze mode and back into your unicorn brain because as we have talked about today it is a much more easy and enjoyable way for you to flourish in your career without all the stress and the overwhelm. And when we're talking about regulating the ANS, we're really talking about a two-step process. So the first thing is we want to move your ANS functioning from unconscious to conscious because your ANS up until now has been keeping you safe, remember, by scanning your environment for cues of danger, but it does this outside of your awareness through this thing that we call neuroception, right? It's below perception, it's neuroception, you're not aware of it. And neuroception, by definition, is an unconscious process, meaning it happens outside your awareness. And we can't regulate your ANS if we don't even know what it's doing. We want to bring your awareness to your ANS by understanding how yours works and what triggers it into fight, flight and freeze mode and the specific things that you need to do to help yourself regulate back into your beautiful, shiny new unicorn brain. The second thing that we want to do to help you regulate your ANS is learn how to catch yourself in fight, flight or freeze mode during the day and act to regulate instead of grinding more. That way we become like if you think of somebody riding a horse, we want to be on the horse going, okay, what's happening? We're speeding up. It's a bit much. Okay, what do I need to do to help myself calm back into my unicorn brain? Okay, now the horse is getting tired and sluggish and or getting really, really scared. What do I need to do to bring myself back into my unicorn brain? So we develop this part of us that in psychology we call the observing ego that can watch what's happening and see what we need to do to help us come back to more of a unicorn brain experience. 
So if you've ever tried to meditate yourself or shavasana your way back into feeling more calm and less stressed and overwhelmed at work and it hasn't worked, well, chances are it would be much more helpful for you to learn how to develop this observing ego so that there is always a part of you watching and being curious about what your nervous system is doing because your nervous system is where all these feelings and beliefs and actions and cycles begin. Do you see why I have become obsessed with the nervous system? It makes such a difference when you can do this. And I don't know about you, but as a recovering perfectionist and hyperstriver, it can be so easy to blame yourself when you're stressed or frustrated or angry about how you're experiencing your work. You think, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I'm not cut out for business success or career success. I'm too sensitive or stressy or emotional. But what we've learned today is that this is not what it is about at all. It's nothing to do with your character or your inherent strength or genius zone. It's not about that. It's about your ANS, spending too much time in a fight, flight or freeze mode and about this habit that you've developed to say yes too much to stuff that then adds to this ever-growing pile of things to do. And once we help you fix these things, you can get back into your unicorn brain and work can feel good again, enjoyable even, passionate even. And I feel like if Bob Ross was doing this podcast, he would say something like this. It's okay to leave if you're tired. It's okay to sleep if you're sleep deprived. It's okay to breathe if your breath's caught in your chest It's okay to say no when you're overwhelmed and you need to slow down They don't deserve you giving everything and running yourself into the ground It's okay I bet you listen to that and you are like Okay, yeah, sure, you say it's okay to say no at work, but as sure as shit doesn't feel okay to say no at work and it feels really weird to stop and, you know, actually allow myself to breathe and focus on my nervous system instead of grinding and pushing, who even does that? And I get that. That's what a lot of women come to me and say. They're like, I, I, my boss is standing over me and asking me to do something or a client is pushing me in my business to deliver and I don't even, it doesn't even occur to me to say no. And a big part of coming to realize that it's okay to do these things, and it is a process to realize that, is starting to ask yourself, what is it costing you to stay in this yes-no loop? In giving and giving and giving, and then grinding in fight, flight or freeze mode to try and deliver on what people are asking you to do or what you've promised you would do to keep those thousand plates in the air. Why do I say this? Because when we see the costs, we find the anger. And when we find the anger, we find the courage. That's the psychological process back to your power and your passion and your balance at work in my experience. We want to understand the costs so that you can ground into the, the facts of what this is costing you, feel the anger, find the courage in the anger and that is such an untapped well of power and passion that I really think as women we need to think about. So ask yourself that question. What is it costing you to stay in this yes-no loop? 
And we've done it. We've come to the end of the first episode. Thank you for listening and for sharing this with me. I hope that this wasn't only valuable psychological insight, but that in seeing me be weird and laugh at myself, you feel a little bit more courageous to go and think about what the youiest you looks like when you show up at work. What does that look like? If you want to send me a question, you can go to talia.co and I will read your question and it will be considered to be on the podcast and you can sing it. If you actually want to record yourself singing an audio file, just send it to me. You can email it to me. My email's in the show notes. We'll put it through auto-tune and it will be disguised. Nobody will even know it's you. So it doesn't matter if you're scared that you'll sound bad. No one will even know it's you. It's really fun. Or you can just write a question to me. Go to talia.co. That's great. And if you liked this episode, please feel free to share it, subscribe, write a review. That would make my fucking day. And thank you so much. Don't forget to regulate, communicate and give yourself a chance to be the youiest you you can be in your work. How 80s is this outro?